0: This is TalkSport Daily.
3: Hello, my friends. Happy Tuesday. And welcome to another Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcast. With me, your host, Andy Goldstein. He says here in front of me, we've got loads of good stuff coming up in the podcast. We'll be the judge of that, producer Tom. Including the reaction to last night's Premier League clash between Southampton and the champions, Liverpool. And as things currently stand, as I record this, it's Southampton 1, Liverpool (coughs) 0. Come on, say Anyway, we start in a slightly more serious manner than usual, but for good reason. In light of some of the recent COVID-19 regulation breaches by top-flight footballers, many pundits and presenters have voiced their concerns on the TalkSport network. you hear from Adrian Durham and Darren Gough on Drive, the man on Sunday's Ollie Holt, Danny Murphy, Aston Villa CEO Christian Perslow, Watford captain Troy Deeney, but we start with John, a very passionate caller, on the Jim White and Simon Jordan Show.
4: I actually do work in the NHS at our Brighton Hospital. And I've seen people with COVID. It's not nice. It can affect anybody. It doesn't
1: matter whether you're rich. It doesn't matter whether you're poor. You can get it. Now, the way I would say it is simply this. If these people, uh, unfortunately, do think they are immune to it because of either condition or whatever, let them come to work in a, in a ward for one day. Let them see...
3: <sighs>
1: Sorry... Let them see the people who are dying from this disease, who are having to fight to keep it going. They're the people who should be going to these places. They do one day and they won't ever do it again, I can assure you. As uh, some breaking news has just been revealed, and three Tottenham players and one West Ham star broke COVID-19 rules in Tier 4 by spending Christmas Day together.
2: Again, not making any excuses for people because we've all got family that we'd all love to see like my nan's birthday was the first I haven't seen my nan over Christmas I miss that so for me it does feels like you're sticking two fingers up to me a little bit because why am I following the rules when you're not
1: we have Pep Guardiola at the weekend basically saying well everybody else is, is breaking the rules so what's wrong with what Mendy has done I couldn't get my head around I had to rewind and listen again
3: I would like to know how many how many people were more than five or six previous people at home in this New Year's Eve I'm pretty sure many. But normally in this society we judge the other ones and this society would be better in the first to judge the other one, judge ourselves.
1: Does he not realise that a lot of us, and I'll give you the example of myself, I, for the first time in my life ever, I didn't spend Christmas or New Year with my daughter. It yeah. broke me, absolutely broke absolutely. me. You've got to deal with it. I've not seen my dad for six months. And, and I, he's, he's saying we're all like Benjamin Mendy, breaking the rules. How dare you, Pep Guardiola? Who the hell do you think you are? He should apologise to people. He should get himself to an IC unit at uh, his local hospital just to see how difficult it is and then go on telly and say, oh, Mendy's done nothing wrong. Absolute disgrace. And I was saying in my position as my head teacher that you have to think about every single thing you do and footballers need to do that too and they must set the example... We have a non-uniform day. Children come in their football shirts. They absolutely idolise them. The clubs need to take a stronger stance on this.
3: There are moments when young people will stray from the rules. And, you know, whether you're a parent or a chief executive of a football club, that's a time when you have to be very strict and remind people of their responsibilities.
1: I didn't care about people like you two or me on a radio show telling me what I should and shouldn't do. My ego was too big. You know, that my inflated self-worth and my, my walking on air, if you like, was too great for me to care what people think. And if you, if you want to have an opinion, fine. It's watered off a duck's back. I'll carry on doing what I'm doing because I'm a big-time footballer. And that's the mentality. That's the way it is. You say on one hand they're not role models, right? But the footballers will say the reasons why we're taking the knee is because we carry such influence. We can influence the way the world thinks. So on one hand, you want all the benefits. When it comes to you being accountable for your own behaviour, wherever we think of these rules... However draconian and ridiculous we may think things are, if you're telling me that these players do not know, have not been told by their clubs what their obligations are, then with due respect, I'm a monkey's uncle, because they will have been told. So what has got to happen? These clubs have got to protect what it is football. It's so not like the footballers taking on their wage every day. It's about everything out the knock-on effect, from the sponsorship and everything that goes with it. Put them in a bubble. They can't be trusted out of it for the next six weeks till we get out of the worst case scenario what is going on at this moment in time
4: if there's much more of this stuff if we we get many more Covid tests we're already seeing some games being postponed this isn't just about a couple of individuals putting stuff up on Instagram and having a bit of a laugh with their friends this could mean the suspension of the Premier League if there's much more of this (laughs) behaviour
3: Over now to my show, Andy Goldstein's Bar Monday to Thursday from 10pm with, of course, me, Andy Goldstein, and the fun boy, Jason Cundy reacting to that game, Southampton against Liverpool in the Premier League. By the way, as I'm watching it, it's still 1-0 Southampton.
1: And there goes the full-time whistle. Defeat for Liverpool, three successive Premier League games without a win for the first time since 2018.
4: Liverpool are definitely off colour. There's no question of that. The last three games, we've seen all of them. West Bromwich Albion, toothless after that first half performance. Toothless against Newcastle, toothless tonight. And this is the the front three. Now, look, they've got Jota missing, right? Then that's a big miss. It, it's, it's just not happening for them at the moment. They're flat.
3: Then decision-making was not that... Uh, good. So last pass missed. We missed the last pass, and um, I heard now a second ago we had only one shot on target. So I know we had a lot of shot next to target, which is a finish as well. But even of them, we didn't have probably enough for the moments we had. So our fault, my responsibility. That's it. There is something wrong, and you don't put people in the wrong positions. Henderson is not a defender he's a midfielder he should have put Henderson in midfield keep him there bring on Philip but don't put Henderson in defence because he's not a defender and because they had a weak defence that's why they conceded and Southampton sat up shop and stopped Liverpool from scoring
1: Southampton won, Liverpool nil. Liverpool's jitters away from home continue and it's a landmark moment for one of their former players Danny Ings with his 50th
3: Premier League goal I don't know when I started to believe that we definitely can take points there but uh, yeah, it is, it is very emotional and I must say I have never been that proud with any team I have coached before I must say Now are Manchester United genuine title contenders, yes of course they are but that's according to Rangers legend Ali McQuist. we'll hear from Questy shortly but first this is Troy Deeney or Deeney, I've just said that nicknames don't really work with him, anyway he was talking about the new winning mentality at Old Traffordy
2: I'd probably say up to the to Sheffield United game. When they played West Ham, they were blown out of the park in the first half. And then they go and score three quality goals and it's a 3-1 victory. And Everyone goes, oh, this is the man you were talking about. And that, that was been the problem. We we're always going... That's the Man you we expect, and there is high expectations when you're talking about Man United as a football club.
4: Rashford's got Cavani inside the box, he's tried to come in on his left foot, gets a shot away, takes a deflection, and sneaks in, and Manchester United win it in stoppage time. How many times over the years have you heard that?
2: I think what I've seen now is a a determination and a we're-not-going-to-lose mentality, Mm. whereas before I think there was a bit of a there was a bit of a wobble where they could—they probably could lose, they probably could go under.
1: Martial and
2: Rashford, Fernandes, just
1: top, top players playing at a good, good level. So, of course, they must, they've must they got to be in the... I mean, are we still saying it's just going to be Liverpool and Manchester City between them? No, because I think they'll have a big say in it, but come on, Manchester United have earned the right um, to get our respect and, and be quoted as, as serious title contenders, I think.
3: Now you may remember in the previous podcast we had some disgruntled Chelsea fans after the Blues lost at home against Man City. Play disgruntled Chelsea fans. And maybe a bit of laughter track as well.
1: I'm angry, I'm disillusioned, I'm frustrated. The problem is the players are not having anything from Frank. They don't believe in him again. There
3: is absolutely no leaders in that side whatsoever. LAUGHTER You'll hear from the Chelsea fan Andy Jacobs, of course, part of Hawksbean Jacobs, who is equally angry. But here's a more measured take on Frank Lampard's plight with his former teammate, Gianfranco Zola, the Times Henry Winter and Daniel Murphy, a.k.a. Danny Murphy.
1: And I don't think there's any need to be hasty, but we are talking about Chelsea. So if you were to say to me coming up on the screen in front of you now, breaking news on Sky, that Chelsea have got rid of him, that wouldn't surprise me because it's Chelsea. But I certainly don't think that would be the right thing to do. I I think there's lots, lots of positives at Chelsea and lots lots to look forward to. Mm. And they'll come Mm. again this season. They'll finish in the top four, Chelsea. We made Arsenal look brilliant
0: and now they've gone on a run. City haven't done that to anybody else this season except Chelsea. You've got to ask yourself. You know, It's all very well saying, oh, they played well, they had this, they did that. You know, they were allowed to play well.
3: Chelsea nil, Manchester City three. You come to me just as Kevin De Bruyne turns in a fantastic goal.
0: They're way off the pace. They don't look like turning it round. I suppose you've just got to give it a bit more time, but if it carries on like this, you have to think you've got a manager like Tuchel who's available.
3: I believe that the Frank uh, has the potential, they has the, the ability, he has the squad to, you know, to make it better. That's for sure. That's question he did well
4: in his first season at Chelsea there's so much loyalty and love for him there particularly amongst the fans obviously we know how ruthless Abramovic the owner can be he went on beating 14 games earlier in the season I think look he's going to be given he's going to be given the time there will be a little bit of patience with him
0: I don't know how long it can go on for I mean I, I, we feel that if, he, if the, don't get a result against Fulham he's going to be in big
3: trouble really Now, should Leeds United and Marcelo Bielsa change their style for anybody? Absolutely not, according to Adrian Durham. And this is why.
1: Did anybody really predict that Leeds were going to go to Spurs and win the game? Even if they'd shut up shop? With three centre-backs out injured, how are they meant to shut up shop? Do people not understand football? It's just unbelievable. Right, Leeds priority at the start of the season. After coming up, what's that? It's survival. Bearing in mind, short pre-season as well. So it's a very different season. So the newly promoted clubs are all going to struggle. And look at the other two. Look at the other two and how much they're struggling. Harrison looks to play a 1-2 with Bamford. Harrison in the area. Makes it three. That's glorious. Absolutely glorious from Leeds United. Leeds United are on 23 points. 12 points. Four wins above the relegation zone. And people are saying, oh, they need to change. Do you understand anything about football? Leeds' priority was survival. Bielsa's priority was style. They've got both. What's the problem? I don't get it. What's the problem? Nobody's explained it to me. Why have they got to change?
3: Now, ahead of tonight's live commentary, Carabao Cup semi-final between Spurs and Brentford on Talk Sport. Ian Moosey-Abrahams. Has been speaking to the Bees boss Thomas Frank ahead of one of the biggest games in the club's history. But first, this is the take of the Tottenham manager Jose Mourinho. For me, every competition is is different and doesn't matter the club where you are, doesn't matter the ambitions that you have. Every competition is uh, is important. That's my way of looking at um, at things.
4: History is made. Jose Mourinho equals the Greats with a fourth League Cup win and most significantly has won his first trophy as the Manchester United manager.
3: Especially in a club without silverware for more than one, than one decade, every competition becomes even more important. If we win two matches, we win a trophy. Two difficult matches, of course. Two difficult matches, of course. But if we win two matches, we win the trophy, which I think would be... A very good thing for the club.
4: Josh De Silva makes it first time on the edge of the area and volleys the ball past Carl Darlow and volleys Brentford into the lead. I've studied football for for many many years and José has been yeah is one of the greatest. Uh, in all time, uh, it's a privilege to to meet him and um, to play against his team. I'm looking, looking forward to that. Um, but we all want to compete and I want to win. <laughs> he want to win. And we'll do everything we can to, to win both uh, both managers, of, of both of us. I'm, I'm not in doubt about that.
3: And we finish with the radio legends that are Paul Hawksby and Andy Jacobs, who celebrated their 200th anniversary together on Talk Sport. I think that's meant to be 20th. Oh, no, two hundred. As you may know, they're famous for their weekly feature, Clips of the Week, which is available as a podcast, Would You Believe? Well, this is the two of them, recalling arguably the most famous one ever over the last couple of decades with TV critic Gary Bushell. Is that the right link? I had I two different stories.
4: It involved Alan Brazil and Mike Parry working together on breakfast, and they were joined by the esteemed TV reviewer and columnist Gary Bushel, uh, who was uh, chatting to him about uh, Bob Monkhouse. This is how it all unfolded. I feel a bit of a fraud today. Why? Because I wasn't watching any TV last night. I was at the filming of the BAFTA tribute for Bob Monkhouse over at the BBC.
3: Is that right? But that was a bit of fun.
4: Oh, um, there were some really nice contributions from a lot of good people, including some of the best of the younger comics around now. You like Jack Dee, Jimmy Carr, Steve Coogan. Yeah. And, and the clips were absolutely sensational. They got all his greatest one-liners, his mm. acting roles nostalgia by the bucket i mean you forget he was in things like carry on sergeant mm.
3: and as well as well the, many people gary forget that he's one of the greatest stand-up comics you've ever seen oh, I, I saw him years ago when i'm still a reporter in chester and at the time we only knew him as the host of the golden shot or whatever you know
1: i tell you what he's got a great uh, you, can, you know if he has to he can do a blue version as well which is meant to be fantastic oh yes
4: yes in fact you can get those on on oh, um video still on dvd probably now um, this 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 show goes out the weekend after next on BBC One. You absolutely you're, you're absolutely right. You're left with no doubt that Monkhouse was yeah. a giant.
3: Yeah, yeah. sure. The oh no, no, absolutely. Gary, what about Bob's health now? Uh, he
4: died um,
1: at
3: Christmas. I think Mr. Brazil was um, just just looking a little bit back there, rather than forward. Well, you're I mean, absolutely right. I heard uh,
1: yeah. two different versions and of yeah. it. To the be te- honest, te- the thing two was different that versions they I was told. Two, two different versions yeah
4: what were those two different versions and uh, yes um, yeah, Gary yeah. Bushel joins us now good afternoon Gary how are you <laughs> Not bad. You're I mean, close, it still makes me laugh. Man. Yeah, it, it's. I just always felt for you. Is that maybe the, I did. The alarm bells were slightly ringing when he started to talk about Bob's blue act in the present tense, and you're thinking, where, <laughs> yes. "Where's he going with this?" And then, I mean, for that moment, there's, there is that pause, Gary, because <laughs> it, a pause it, it's, it's, thinking, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not an easy one to deal with on live radio, is it?
0: Mister Parry's cover-up. We've always liked that he yeah. tried to sort of protect Alan from. And then Alan compounds it by saying there were two different versions, and you think. Well, what were they?
4: (laughs) Who was going around saying Bob was still alive? Do people ask you about that when they see you?
0: Funny enough, even this week on Instagram, some, I, put, I think, good Bob, it was 17 years since Bob died, oh God, a couple of days ago, wasn't it, a few days ago, and I just put a picture up on Instagram and someone put it, <laughs> how is Bob's health? <laughs> even now. It's funny, isn't it? I, just, and, uh, I don't know what I Alan think...
4: puts it down to. I mean, we've talked to him about it, and he said, oh, you get up at half past five every, you know, and he, <laughs> he say, I just he had a little mental switch off, but it was it made for a bit of radio gold, I think.
3: Still it for another podcasty thing. A reminder that from seven pm live on TalkSport, it's Spurs against Brentford. That's the semi-final of the Carabao Cup. Would you believe? Yeah, I know, incredible. Presented by Mark oh, no, wait, Shouty Saggers. I'm mm. not always shouty! commentary from Jim Prowford and Andy Townsend. And I'm back, of course, on Andy Goldstein Sports Bar tonight from 10pm on TalkSport. Taking your calls after that game. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Be safe, everyone. Be safe.
0: That was a podcast from TalkSport.